In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you like this show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Would you like extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Halloween spooktacular episode of the Nerd Cave Retro and greetings programs. My name is Jason Robbins. My name is Derek Diamond. And Derek, we are not going to be talking about retro games tonight. Boo. But you know what we are doing? Well, I'm. it's Halloween as everyone's listening to this episode. So we're going to be talking about one of our, at least one of my favorite uh Halloween horror-related films, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. But we're not going to be doing it alone. We have no, some we, guests. We needed help for this one. Yes, we needed a lot of help for this one. So up first, we have the Nerd Cave Retro uh, fact-checker himself. You know him. You love him. Mr. Wally Phelps. Hello. Hello. Hi. So how are everybody doing? We're doing good. Uh, how's your Halloween season so far? It's been pretty good. I won fifty dollars in a costume contest. Going to ask you about? I saw that. that. But and you won it at a uh, at the local rest the Diamond Wrestling. Uh, yeah, Diamond night. Championship Wrestling. That's right. And speaking of wrestling, our next that's guest a, is also that's a great segue. Is a wrestler. It really is himself, and also a <laughs> podcaster. And a madman when it comes to tech, Mr. <laughs> Joey Image. Good evening, fellas. Good evening. I, you know, now with, with Wally on here, you actually have two of two of the uh, Yelp podcast, oh, which yeah. I haven't. We, neither one of us have had time to do in weeks. But <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I like that show. You guys need to do it every week. I, Jesus, we're having enough trouble trying to do it every other week. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking about it today. Like, hey, I think I'm going to ask Wally if Sunday's good, and then I realized Sunday's not good for me because it's my mother's birthday. So I, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is not going to work out again. Yes, yeah, thing about all me. of October is terrible. Yeah, yeah. One of these days month. we'll be back. Although <laughs> we did get a pretty good review or uh, reactions from the first three that we did. Well, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I'm very much enjoying it. Although I do wish people would send us more suggestions. I wish people uh, would send me any. They seem to send them all to you. That's <laughs> I got true. one or two, and that's about it. Yeah, we totally need people to to be reading over Yelp reviews and sending us the funnier ones. 
<laughs> so and just, Airbnb. Look these guys oh, up yeah, on Twitter. Forgot about that. At Joey Image and at the Real Big Wall. Send them your uh, Yelp suggestions to talk about on their Yelp show. Or at One Star Podcast. Ah, One Star Podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great yeah. name, by the way. Thank you. But tonight, guys, we are going to be talking about the 1984 classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was written and directed by Wes Craven, and it stars Heather Langenkamp, uh, Robert Englund, and of course, in his film debut, Mr. Johnny Depp. Uh, it, <laughs> it had an estimated budget of $1.8 million and grossed over $25 million in the United States alone which uh, doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you adjust for inflation, comes to roughly about $65 million. Just and when you, when you take into account the fact that it only cost $1 million to make, yes. or one point, whatever it was, $1.8, just around 2 so and it, then they made back like 12 times that yeah. amount. <laughs> well, it's true what they say. You know, New Line Cinema is the house that Freddie built. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, New Line Cinema was, you might know this a little better than me, Wally, um, the state that, New Line Cinema was in when they took on A Nightmare on Elm Street, but and literally when that movie took off, it made them a contender among movie produ- production companies. Yeah, it became a what what's a, a, called a mini major, where uh, they were well, they I guess they still are uh, to a lesser extent a independent film uh, company uh, up until the point where they were actually purchased by uh, Time Warner. But mm-hmm. uh, the only reason why any of that happened is because of Freddy Krueger. Absolutely. And the plot of the film is, if you've never seen this movie, which I, if you've never seen it, it I, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, it's the monstrous spirit of a slain janitor seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. Good plot. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. simple. Um, and... I was pretty surprised. I, I, me and Joey were talking about it a little while ago. You said it's been about twenty years since you've seen this movie, right? Uh, yeah, at least twenty. I'm forty-one now. I probably saw it when I was in my late teens. Yeah. For the first when it, when it came out, I was like seven years old. I was not watching this, <laughs> but uh, I probably saw it for the first time when I was sixteen or seventeen. So probably a little over twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie for the first time. Probably when I was around nine or ten years old on video, I remember my brother had rented it for the weekend, and uh, my parents weren't home, and I watched it with him, and it was pretty awful. <laughs> I didn't want to sleep for a while, um, and of course, you know these movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, were HBO staples in the uh, the the early to mid '90s. Every time you turned it on HBO or you know, USA up all night or any kind of like weekend creature feature or anything. There, there was no shortage of places to see a nightmare on Elm street in uh, late eighties, early nineties. So I saw this movie quite a few times as a kid. I'm kind of like you, Joey. I hadn't seen it in probably at least 20 years since I've seen this movie, probably in the nineties. And I was after, surprised after, at how well it held after, up. Uh, sorry. After watching it again tonight, I, uh, I remember where I was, who I saw it with. Uh, my friend Jason loved, still loves the Freddy movie. So I remember watching it at his house when we were kids. Like it all brought me back watching it again to like yeah. where I was. I remembered all that stuff. So I did want to kind of start off by uh, kind of going around the table, and we'll start with you actually, since uh, since you are fresh off your v- viewing of the movie. You just <laughs> watched it about an hour ago. And yeah. um, what are your initial impressions being so fresh off the, uh, the, the viewing of this movie? I, I like it a lot. I'm, like, I'm a horror fan, but I'm not like a gore fan. And like there was really only one scene in this whole movie with a whole ton of blood in it, which I don't know how much I don't know how the hell that much blood was in one dude's body. But <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, but, but I mean, that and it, it, well. I mean, now now watching it in 2018, it didn't look like blood anyway, so it wasn't all that bad. But uh, but I I love the the whole series. I mean, like I said, I I had watched the whole series. It's just been a while, and uh, me and my fiance are now going to watch all of it again, thanks to you guys, or thanks to you actually, Jay. You're welcome <laughs> for uh, for asking me to do this. So, um, I thought it was great, man. I I, I still dig that old school like cheesy ish horror. Yeah. 
that's like the best kind of like in my opinion. Because there's something... stuff that's too realistic. It's like you know stuff that's too realistic and too yeah. like uh, possible. I guess is the word. That's kind of freaky. But stuff like this, like you know, it's cheesy and it's great. Well, there's some, there's kind of an innocence about it, almost, if, if you really kind of think about it. Like, none of this stuff had been done before, and all this was kind of new at the time. And you could tell that Wes Craven and everybody involved with the movie really wanted to, to make this thing and see it happen. And you can tell when you watch a movie that's a low-budget movie that everybody on board seemed to be excited about what they were doing yeah yeah kind of kind of going off of what joey was saying i i didn't see nightmare on elm street because I, I was talking about this before we started recording i'm not a huge horror fan uh, i don't remember exactly what kind of turned me off to horror when i was a kid but when i was in college i was over at a friend's house and they asked if I had ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street. And I had heard of it, but didn't really know that much about it. I mean, I knew who Freddy Krueger was, but I knew really nothing about the story or anything. And I was very reserved about watching it, you mm-hmm. could say. But honestly, through watching it, I fell in love more with the concept and the story of it than anything else. You know, just the thought of, you know, you're supposed to be in your safest place yeah. when you're asleep. And just the thought of someone being able to kill you, not just in your dreams, because everybody's probably had a dream where they've been, you know, they've been murdered or they've, you know, attempted to be murdered. But then when that happens and then it happens to you for real, you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> that, that, that it's kind of a mind bender yeah. in a way. So uh, watching it for the first time since then. So it's been probably 11 or 12 years for me. Most of it, I think, actually still holds up. It definitely has that low-budget 80s look to it like a lot of those movies do. <laughs> yep. But I, I I very much enjoyed it. I actually think I appreciate it more now than I did when I was younger. And, you know, I, I was thinking, well, I hope it's not... Because I didn't remember that much about it. I didn't want it to be too bloody or too gory. Because like Joey was saying, I'm not... You know, I'm definitely not a fan of the gory type of horror and minus that one scene, which is almost kind of silly in a way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I actually I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, and um, so, Wally, what did you think about it? Seeing it? how long has it been since you've seen this movie up until your recent viewing? Well, it has to be at least. Uh, 20 years um, at the very least. And so much so that I had forgotten the first like 20 minutes of the movie. Um, I was watching it and I even tweeted, have I ever watched this? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't remember any of this. And then, you know, once she, once the, um, uh, hall pass scene happened, I was like, okay, okay. And it's everything from then on. Yeah. Everything on from then on, I'm like, okay, I remember all of this now. Okay, I'm good. Um, because uh, I remember watching it be- when uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare came out at the video store, and I worked at the video store, so I watched them all. <laughs> so uh, that was when I watched it, whenever that movie was about to come was to that, video. Was that the last one other than Freddy vs. Jason? Uh, no, well, they also had the remake. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think they had one after that. Uh, I didn't even know there was a remake. I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's New Nightmare was released in '94. Then Freddy vs. Jason came out in 2003. Then the remake came out in 2000. Okay, so it was just the remake. Okay, remake of yeah. what? Of the original? Of yes. the original? Yeah. How the hell did uh, I, I didn't even know about that. Had a uh, God. What's Jack, the guy's Jackie name? Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, he played uh, the. He, he was in Watchmen. He played uh, Warshak. I need to find this. Um. So that was. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never seen it actually. Uh. The. I have a seven-hour documentary about it that I've never watched either. Oh my God! I want to watch this. Uh, it. I don't remember when it came out, but I have it 
uh, on my Plex server. It's like I think it's seven and a half hours. Jesus, something like that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but <laughs> they did one for you know me. For, they did I'm one all for uh, they did one for Nightmare and one for Friday Thirteenth. Because I I'm all about the process of things, and I want to see that because you can tell they didn't have a lot to work off of. <laughs> and you know, I know the movie is from 1984, but so was Gremlins, and <laughs> so so I and I really enjoyed this movie. Don't get me wrong, but like the first time we really see really see Freddy Krueger, he has those giant elongated arms, <laughs> and I I said out loud, "The fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> But you know the thing about it is, is as bad as it looks, it still works on like a creepy factor. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, uh, all practical effects I think are way more creepy f- to me, and and that's not even just in movies. Like seeing it in, you know, Halloween is is obviously the reason why we're doing this. But I can't stand makeup effects at all. So even knowing that they're makeup effects makes it worse for me. Let me let me just correct something. The uh, the uh, the documentary for Elm Street is four hours long. It came out in 2010. It's called Never Sleep Again. The one I was thinking of was uh, Crystal Lake Memories, which is the Friday the 13th complete history of. That was seven hours long. Wow. Although well, Robert England Robert England is in both of them. Actually, a ton of people are in the same or in each of them. <clears throat> I gotta write this down. Never sleep again, and I, uh, I I'm just very interested in the the whole process of this thing because you know the where Wes Craven got the idea for the the story, don't you? Uh, I I actually heard the, um, the myth. The, is it the myth that if you die in your dreams, you die for real? Well, no, it was a series of, well, it was an article he said he read yeah. where there was a small village somewhere. I don't remember the details, but there were a, a bunch of people who were going to sleep and then not waking up. They, they were all dying in their sleep. And the whole, and he figured that this was extremely creepy. Why was that happening? Why was it only happening here? Um, you know, it, it was, Creepy, and it really does translate to a wonderful, wonderful script. And you know, the other thing no, I, I would agree with that I liked about this movie um, not only is the story is great, and it's something that it, it's a primal fear in all of us. Like you said, Derek, like you're supposed to be in your safe place, you know, going to bed in your room, and if something can invade your dreams and kill you, that's you know, that's awful. Like who would want that? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it's an invasion of your most like intimate form of privacy. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of those things that you can't avoid. You have to sleep eventually. Yeah. And then Freddy's got you. It's not like, I mean, the only thing that really is similar to that is to me anyway, is Michael Myers in that he's just randomly killing people, you know? And you, it, it it could be you and with uh you know friday with the the friday the 13th movies you know yeah there really wasn't much of a fear for me because i wasn't going to camp (laughs) you know (laughs) um nobody i mean i didn't know anybody who went to camp uh you know it's just one of those things where I knew I had to go to sleep. The first time I ever saw any of this movie was when I was four years old. And I remember vivid. It's one of my earliest memories (laughs) where my uncle was watching this and I was in the room. It was not good. (laughs) It was, I mean, she fell asleep and there was the scary man that was coming after her and it was real. And it yeah, little Wally didn't want to go to sleep after that. If I saw that movie when I was four years old, I would yeah. probably still be in therapy. Probably. <laughs> well, I didn't watch the whole thing. I'd still be awake. <laughs> but you know, the thing that, that really too. shocked me, like I really thought this movie held up. 
uh, insanely well. Like I like the way this movie is shot, the way it looks, the dream sequences, uh, and just it it looks. I don't want to say it looks like an '80s movie because of the fashions and all that kind of stuff, but this is a well-shot movie. Yeah. Well, there's a few things that I, that did kind of kind of bother me about it, but I mean, as a whole, it looked pretty good. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it was um, definitely '80s with the hair yeah. and the and the fashions and whatnot, the the, the TVs, <laughs> you know, um, the it, it. I think that. <clears throat> You know, I would love to see the remake just to see whether or not they kept it in that time frame or if they updated it. I just managed to acquire a copy of it. I will have to watch this soon. Yeah, I've never seen the remake, so I, I couldn't I don't know really how I didn't know there was one. I saw it in the theater, <laughs> I think... but honestly, I don't remember anything from it. Wow. It's all, it's like I That's not a good sign. It. Yeah, right. It's it was that that, that memorable, huh? I didn't remember nothing about it. <laughs> 2010 is when it came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, like, it, yeah. Almost. Uh, so it was eight years ago. Good lord. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, I know. One of the other things I noticed about this movie is, <laughs> the level of acting in this movie was you either had. You know, Heather Langenkamp and uh, Johnny Depp and John Saxon, who were all really good uh, as far as the acting side goes. But then you had the mom who, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, what was her name? Ronnie Blakely is her name. Uh, she played Marge Thompson. Uh, like, her acting is awful in this movie, <laughs> like, embarrassingly <laughs> bad. Yeah. Especially, you know, when trying to, especially when she's trying to act drunk. Yeah. Like, yeah. I locked yeah, that the was, door that was rough. from the inside. I locked the door. It's locked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. So I do have a question, though. Are Were Nancy's parents divorced, or did her dad just work 24 hours a day? I, that's I what think I, they're separated. Yeah, they were separated. Okay. They, they never established that in the movie. They really don't. And, well, I didn't it, know that either. I thought he just worked all the time. Well, they had that standoffish thing. Well, and plus he didn't have like a key to it, to the door and yeah. things of that nature at the end of the movie. But then again, the end of the movie basically makes no sense a lot of the time. I'm going um, to bring up a huge plot hole at the end of the movie, and I want to know if you notice the same thing, Wally. I don't even know if it would be a plot hole because I don't think the end of the movie happened, but it's because yeah. like there, there's the deputy guy that's supposed to be watching the house. Right. And he's, mm-hmm. and here's Nancy, obviously in some sort of distress. Says, yeah. Don't worry. It's under control. Yeah. He, she's breaking windows and shit. <laughs> and he's like, it's fine. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I, I should know. go get the Lieutenant. I guess that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, that, was my favorite part of this entire movie because of how non-committal is i mean his daughter is obviously going out of her mind maybe i'll go get him (laughs) and then what and i still don't understand what happened to her mom at the end of the movie and i'm not talking like the very last scene i'm talking like whenever she just kind of faded into the bed and i'm oh I, i that was part of my notes i took too Mom faded into the bed sheets, and there were no stains in the sheets. Amazing. No, and was... also, when Freddie came out of it, it was a rubber sheet. That's maybe their mother was so drunk she would piss herself all the time. Maybe. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, she had the, to make preparations. Here's my big problem with the end of the movie. I'm going to go ahead and, and and bring it up now because I'm curious if you guys noticed this. And it's maybe not necessarily a plot hole, but it's definitely a script problem or a timing problem. <laughs> so, uh, the Johnny Depp character, what's his name? Uh, let me look it up. Real Johnny Glenn. Glenn. Uh, Glenn Lance. Glenn is supposed to be, he's in his room and he's supposed to wake up at midnight to go over to Nancy's house so that she can go to sleep and grab Freddie in her dream. And she pulls him out of the dream and then they're going to capture him. And 
Uh, do what? I, I'm I not quite it, sure. I thought you were supposed to wake up at 1230. Was, wasn't it 1220 and she said it's exactly 10 minutes from now? Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's roughly about 1230 when he dies, okay? And, well, I thought it was around midnight or something like that. But anyway, he dies. Uh, they call the police. The police show up. They're doing an investigation through the, you know, in his, in, of his murder <laughs> in the house. She's across the street. She learns of his death, so she decides to go ahead, and she can't leave the house because her mom has barricaded the house with uh, locks, yeah, deadbolts and locks and bars on the windows, so she can't get out. So she proceeds to do like an A-team style uh, montage of putting up all these you know, Home Alone-style Rube Goldberg devices around the house. Oh, uh, that was part of my notes, to too. To capture the, the sledgehammer booby trap yeah. above the door. And then that she was calls, super Home Alone. Then she yeah. calls her dad to say, hey, come over in at like 1230 to wake me up. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. And, yeah, because Glenn died at midnight. She said yeah. she called her dad at, after doing all this shit. To be there to wake her up at twelve thirty. All this happened in thirty minutes. <laughs> really? Yes. I couldn't not. It, it drove me nuts. Like it completely <clears throat> took me out of the movie because I was just like, I, I can't deal with this. How did all this happen in thirty minutes? You know how dreams make uh, <laughs> things time a little weird, but. Yeah, time is relative. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I mean, I'm really, I'm still struggling with the whole, I mean, her plan to begin with because she knows that she can pull things through because she grabbed his hat at that one point. Yeah. Um. Now, so now his head's naked, but we have a real issue because she said her plan was that her dad was going to wake her up and arrest Freddie. <laughs> yeah. That was her plan. Like, wh- uh, what? <laughs> You're going to arrest Freddie? Well, apparently, he still has his dream powers in the real world. Like, how are, was he supposed to, like, how are they going to keep him in prison? Or I <laughs> well, well how I, I don't even know if he was even in the real world. First off, I don't think he had his dream powers because she was able to hurt him, and you know he was he he couldn't just poof himself to different places. He had to walk there, so I don't know well, if he the, did have his powers. And the thing is, you know, with the what, whole time, did, sorry, go ahead. with the whole time screw up at the end of the movie. Like, did the end of the movie even happen? Was all that a dream? And that's my point. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was very confusing. What were you going to say, Joey? Oh, uh, while he mentioned how she was able to hurt him, I don't understand how he had been burned up, mutilated, burned up for years, but when she lit him on fire, it hurt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to the point where he was screaming. It like, was no, hurting no, his no. feelings more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> That's pretty. He's like a therapy in the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just hurts so bad. Me on fire. You know, she's Again? Sa- she's making flash bombs out of like light bulbs and like all kinds of shit at the end of that movie. Like, you know that, what? What? That, uh, one of the things that I wrote down on my notes was like the one scene where, like, she went into the basement, and then there was a, a doorway that went down to another basement that was like a boiler room. Mm-hmm. And then when he showed up, there was suddenly a third door that went down another set of stairs. And then she jumped. Uh, I, this is I, I didn't understand this either. This is like an odd kind of plot point, but I don't know. Maybe just, it was a dream. But she jumped from the third set of stairs. Even though there were bars all over the windows, all over the house, she still managed to land outside in the bushes. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Remember that? <clears throat> But that I was before now. all that happened, though, I also, didn't it? I also don't understand why she was running away from him, and then as soon as she landed, she's like, where are you, Freddie? I know you're here somewhere. Yeah, Dude, if you were looking for him, why the hell did you run away in the first place? Yeah, Turn well, around that, and face him. Yeah, because that, that's, that's this, right, because she screamed, ran away, and immediately started asking where he was. Yeah, started like, yeah. Yeah. I got that whole He was just there. Yeah, right, that's what I mean. 
<laughs> and that you ran away. Jump out of the uh, that jump. Uh, I don't know if it was out of a window or whatever, but that reminded me of uh, if you ever saw the original movie House, uh, yes. or I should say the original House movie, where uh, the dude opened up his medicine cabinet in the in the bathroom and it was black, so he dove through it and then he landed in Vietnam. Yeah, it reminded me of that. Well, I have that clip of that scene you're talking about right here where she's calling for him. Yeah, it's after she runs away, terrified. I'm here! Yeah, she's calling for him the whole time, but then when he shows up, she runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a, like, I, let's get out of here, Scoon. It's almost like she's the bad guy, not him. Like, if it was in wrestling terms, she'd be the heel. <laughs> so one of the other things surprised me of this movie that I had forgotten about was Freddie wasn't that funny in this movie. Like I always oh, remember no. Freddie. No, he was much more serious in this movie than Yeah. I know in the later movies he became much more comical. And that's the thing. That that's the Freddie I remember most is because uh, you know, Dream Warriors is one of my favorite ones. I think that was the one I, that I saw the most as a kid. And that one was just like, you know, he always had a one-liner every time he killed somebody. And it was always some sort of comic type of over-the-top killing. But this one was like way more serious and, and sinister. Well, I remember seeing, I think, Freddy versus Jason in theaters. And he was very, like, over-the-top comical in that one as well. I've still never yeah. seen, I haven't seen that one yet. It's okay. I, I <laughs> really like it. That did not it, sound very convincing. <laughs> I got everything I needed from a movie called Freddy vs. Jason, so I was <laughs> I was fine. I mean, I didn't expect the second coming or anything like that. I just, yeah. You know what was what was sad in this movie was that Johnny Depp died with a TV on his balls. Yeah. <laughs> How do you fall yeah. asleep with that TV sitting right in that spot? <laughs> I don't, and he was listening to music too. Like, yeah, no, he's like, I'm just watching the Miss Naked America pageant. I'm listening yeah. to the music. <laughs> kind of a like, shitty way to die. Yeah, yeah, with a TV he's, in your pole. <laughs> I know he was joking, but he's like, I'm watching the Miss Naked America pageant, and I'm like, man, the '80s were rad. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's what I was talking about before when I said there's that was the only scene really with so much excessive blood, like. How the hell did he have all that blood in his body? Right. I mean, the, the, I did like that line whenever the EMT started to run into the into the house. Oh, it's like, you, you need, a, need mop. a body bag. You need a mop. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a body bag. You need a mop. I mean, it, it, and that's and what does his mom think she saw when she walked in there? Because I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what I would volcano going up into the ceiling. Yeah, it's like I don't remember installing that. <laughs> the Sealy people have something to answer to about this. <laughs> they're they're seriously going to need to call Surf Pro to clean that mess up. They're going to heads also, will one, roll over this. One other little thing is your is your children's waterbed going to swallow them tonight? <laughs> tonight on at eleven. <laughs> Next one, on one sixty minutes. Little, one other little note. I well, I wrote a bunch of other stuff, but. Not about the scene, but just about the movie in general. The name Rod Lane sounds like a porno name to me. Yes. Rod Lang. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought of that too. <laughs> yeah, at least oh, and here's here's long. a wonderful line from him. He was an awful actor as well, but this is this is probably my favorite line in the movie because I have no idea what this means. Hey, up yours with a twirling line more. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Up yours with a twirl and lawnmower. Hey. <laughs> I think I just found my new catchphrase for this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of the show. Twirly lawnmower. I mean, did teenagers talk like that back in the 80s? Twirly lawnmower. Yes, obviously. I'm sure they did. I mean, it was depicted that way, so it has to be true. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. So is there any more specifics that anybody wants to get into, like uh, as far as um, any scenes that stuck out to you in the movie? Well, uh, I... The mother smoking in the doctor's office. Yeah. <laughs> when was... they were doing like the sleep study and yes. the mother just lights up and my, my fiance's like, man, things sure as hell were different back then. That's right. And the doctor had to be, 
seen some smoke in my office. <laughs> there was a lot of um, uh, a couple of uh, people that I didn't even re- remember were in this. Like the the teacher when she flipped out in the classroom. The teacher yeah. was the old from Kingpin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, the cop, the one cop that said, "I guess you should go get the lieutenant." The one that's when he when he came out and he was like, "I've never seen anything like this." He was also the the sergeant in Scream. Who was all he was also a cop in that. Yeah. And uh, and to explain my joke earlier, <laughs> the doctor is Charles Fleischer, who does the voice of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I saw him, and I'm like, holy that. crap. <laughs> I also actually, didn't realize that, and I know Wes Craven did both, but I didn't realize how much stuff from Scream actually references this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I knew about yeah. the, I remember the, the, the part where Wes Craven dresses Freddy in Scream. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I didn't realize, yeah, not you, Fred. <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I didn't remember a lot of that stuff. I actually have a clip from the sleep center uh, scene, if you guys want to hear it. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That mom is the worst actress ever. <laughs> and the yeah, next it's line, pretty it's, bad. Now, well, it seems that Nancy needs a CPAP machine. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. All right, so I only have one other specific question. We already went through everything else I had for my notes, but when she's in the bath and she's singing the Freddie song, like mm-hmm. where the hell did she hear that from? <laughs> I thought that too. Like, did she just make it up or like, you know? It's a in-universe... Because I, I thought Fairy at that tale. point that she didn't know his name yet. Or or did she? Oh, uh, well, I guess she already did. I don't remember. No, because cause the... Um, did he say no? Because I don't think she actually encountered him until then. She, yeah, she didn't know the, the name because she until she had the hat with the name written in it. Yeah, because she confronted her mom about it. The next morning, yeah. at, with after so how the hell did she know his name and and the song when she was in the bath? <sighs> That's gonna drive me crazy now. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Curse uh. you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a bad scene too between her mom. How many bottles of liquor does her mom have hidden around that house? All of the bottles of liquor I was jealous around the house. All I mean, of the liquor on Elm Street. She had vodka hidden in like the <laughs> linen closet, and, like in the in the junk drawer in the kitchen. Isn't it in that fireplace downstairs too. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. That's just like water to her. Sure. Oh, and another thing that bothered me in this movie, when she had a, a coffee maker underneath her bed, like her mom couldn't <laughs> smell the coffee in in the room. Nope. From her brewing coffee. <laughs> coffee doesn't make kind of a discernible smell. Uh, I hate <laughs> movie logic. Movie logic is stupid sometimes. In the 80s, coffee smelled like water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of my uh, favorite scenes of the movie is uh, when she's trying to get a hold of Glenn and he's a- falling asleep across the street 
and she's trying to call him and she and the dad across the street takes the phone off the hook she gets mad rips the phone out of the wall like shreds the cord and then of course the phone rings and she answers it and then she hears this And the phone what? turns into a tongue. Blech. That's the best part. What what <laughs> other neighbor's house was he at to call her? Because her phone and her boyfriend's phone were off the hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? That's one thing that really bothers me. Were there pay- I, well, I guess there were know. I don't know the rules to this damn movie. See, that's the thing. That's <laughs> why I think I guess the there, entire... Well, there were pay phones back then. But, I mean, do you just see Freddy Krueger on the street? Like, you have a quarter. Well, that's why <laughs> well, I think I guess the entire cool. third act of the movie is a dream. Because how is he affecting the real world? I mean, he's affecting things in the real world that he shouldn't be able to affect. So I'm thinking the entire third act of the movie is a dream. Well, But you also got to take into consideration at the very beginning of the movie. uh, I mean, later in the movie, we are we established that once you wake up, you're safe. But at the very beginning of the movie, she woke up in the middle of the attack, but she still died. And I don't understand you know what? The more I talk about it, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines actually happened right in the beginning of the movie when uh, I don't remember the other dude's name when he like came through the wall or whatever or through the door and scared everyone. And Johnny Depp, before he saw who it was, and he and he yells, uh, "I'm gonna break your ugly mug." I had never heard that before. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was actually gonna capture that that super, whole scene. Super not intimidating at all. I have something here called fruitcake, and I don't remember what this is. Oh, so. you're as nutty as a fruitcake. Or that's it? either that one or that's the scene I'm talking about where he's like, what do you think? Don't look at me like I'm some kind of fruitcake. Yeah, I think that's it. Let, let me play it real quick. I never touched her. You were screaming like crazy. There was somebody else there. The door was locked from your side. Don't look at me like I'm some fucking fruitcake or something. <laughs> <laughs> God, that guy was awful. How do you? I don't know how. <laughs> Twirling lawnmower. <laughs> Let me play that again. Hey, up yours with a twirling lawnmower. <laughs> it, it sounds like he's doing his best John Travolta in Welcome Back, Cotter yeah. impersonation. Uh, it's awful. What? Where? Oh my God. Oh, what? Where? Like, somebody's <laughs> trying to kill me. What? Where? <laughs> so weird. So weird. I don't, I don't see it, Mr. Cotter. <laughs> oh, uh, I also man. have Freddie's first line here, too, which I captured. Uh, right before, what was her name? Tina? She Right before mm-hmm. she was killed. Please, God. This is God. That was actually pretty creepy. That scene. And, yeah. and for those of you who are ju- who didn't watch the movie, he's pointing to a portrait of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, did any of you, anytime you heard like the Freddy, like not the not the one two three song, but like the actual score music, did any of you else, any of you else, did any, <laughs> Jesus Christ, how do I say it? Did any else of you, did anyone else but me? Think of uh, have the Fresh Prince song stuck in your head the whole rest of the movie. Sort of. No. (laughs) Oh my god. I know that I've known those lyrics since since the day that came out, and that's all I could think about. The Freddy attack music, like the rest of the movie, kind of has a weird, almost John Carpenter ish, uh, like uh, moody kind of synthesizer sound to it. Like it's kind of hard to describe. But then when it's not as um catchy though it's not there's yeah. no real there's no than, hook to take it's away more of like an yeah. ambient kind of you know chords and stuff like that but then when he attacks it like a drum beat kicks in and it's like this really bad <laughs> like, like 80s dance music like it's it was it took me so far out of it i was just like this music is awful well, you know what's what's funny about the about the soundtrack i, I was reading about the movie before you know, we came on and recorded the show. Um, the '70s pop song "Dreamweaver" actually inspired the synthesizer riff. Dreamweaver. 
Weaver. Really? Interesting. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because the first maybe two minutes of Dreamweaver is a weird synthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm strings type sound and that makes a lot of sense because i hate that part of the song i haven't heard that song in a long time well, i just it sang is. it perfectly <laughs> <laughs> well as far as a little bit of everything a bit of trivia like you were talking about the the blood scene that got you <laughs> yeah <laughs> during the the johnny depp death scene <clears throat> Over 500 gallons of fake blood were used during the filming of this movie. Wow. I believe. Oh, overall, or just in that scene? <laughs> uh, probably most of it in that scene. Yeah. I don't even Which try is, to make it realistic. It's equal to the amount of blood inside of an average teenaged boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was a teenager, it was only one area for years. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Um, but one of the things they actually took out of this movie, which I learned not too long ago, they, there's an actual um, I think I don't know if they ever filmed it or maybe it should be a deleted scene where uh, the mom is uh, telling Nancy about Freddy Krueger, and they call she said he was a child killer, and he got arrested, but because of a technicality, he got off. So then all the parents. Ch- uh, chased him down into the boiler room, and then they, that's when they lit him on fire and killed him. And in the original script, I don't know if they did this, uh, the actual scene, but Freddie was supposed to be a child molester. And do you think that would have made the movie... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I, exactly what I'm trying to say, but do you think that would have given the movie a way more darker tone to have Freddie not just being a child killer, but like a child molester? Because that's what they actually did for the remake. That's one thing I do remember from the remake is they actually went back to Freddy being a, a child molester. I think it definitely would have given it that, you know, that darker preconceived notion. Because if you know the story going in, you already have the expectations that it's going to be even darker. And I mean, it's a darker topic and pretty pretty taboo so yeah i i think it would have i wouldn't i personally wouldn't think it would have changed anything because that's what i thought anyway until she said he was a killer i forgot all about it i thought he was a child molester the whole time so i had already gone into it thinking that and then when the mom said he was a killer a child killer i was like oh shit i'm completely thinking of the the wrong horrible crime So I don't know. I mean, I think that would have really affected like the later movies of Freddy being like, you know, everybody loves Freddy. Everybody's there to see Freddy because he's like this, you know, uh, murdering huckster, you know, jokester (laughs) that like, you know, throws all these one liners out. But he's really just a child molester, (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know that I don't know that I just wanted to ask you guys about that. Uh, another one that said on the DVD audio commentary, Wes Craven says he was told that this was the first film to use a breakaway mirror. I don't know about that. Has a mirror never been broken in another movie and they just all used real ones? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just used real mirrors. Like, please don't get yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in The Public Enemy, they used real rounds during gunfights. So it's mm. not outside the realm of possibility. True. I can't wait to. I can't wait to not film on that day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Guys, I'm sick. I got a hangnail. I can't come in. <laughs> but, but we already bought all the ammunition. We can't. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. Use a stunt, Joey, for me. <laughs> so speaking of a really bad effects in this movie, some of the effects are really good and hold up, but one of the most egregious effects in this movie is at the end of the movie when Nancy's mom gets pulled through the window. <laughs> it breaks the movie for me. Like, just, <laughs> when you see that, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, please, Wes Craven should have done, like, a George Lucas-style special edition and just change that one scene. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch it in slow-mo. So was there anything that you guys saw in this movie that just was like, oh, man, that's so bad? Well, just the arms. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't even know what that was about. Is that some? That wasn't really all that scary. It was just like it just, oh, it just seemed really random and out of place. Kind well, of. Uh, wasn't, was weird. wasn't wasn't there a scene in one of them? Maybe maybe it wasn't even a nightmare movie. Maybe it was Friday the Thirteenth where uh, he grabbed a kid on a bed, but he was underneath the bed and his arms wrapped all the way around. Like yeah, uh, what movie I, was I that? Remember that? I don't remember which one though. I can see the scene in my head, and I swear to God, for the last like twelve or thirteen years, I've been trying to figure out what the hell movie that's from. <laughs> I mean, in this particular instance, it just he he did it, and it's like it's like I love you this much, you know. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Well, I think the the reason for like the long arms and shit like that is because you know dreams and nightmares don't make sense really most of the time. So I think that kind of that was a, sort of a dream sort of thing, like just completely off the wall and makes no sense. That's a good must, point. Must have had a really big sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and here's another line that Nancy says, and this might be kind of low, so I hope you guys can hear this. This I don't know why this made me laugh so much. God, I look 20 years old. Did you guys hear that? When she's like, oh my God, I look 20 years old. I'm like, bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 41! Um, well, to, to answer your earlier question, there's not as far as stuff that was over the top. I mean, the, we mentioned the the blood scene. That was the one that really kind of stood out to me as one of the more iconic shots, I think, in that entire movie, because anytime I see it mentioned on TV or I see highlights that always comes up. Uh, there's not really any particular scene that stands out to me. It's kind of like I said earlier, it's more of with the overall concept and the story of the whole movie entirely is what drew me in. Yeah. I think one of the, the coolest things in the movie uh, as far as effects wise that really affected me and made me feel weird when I saw the scene because everybody has had this happen in a dream at one time or another when she's running up the <coughs> stairs and she's trying to get away from Freddie and her feet get stuck in in the steps. Like when she goes to step and her feet just sinks into like quicksand. Like yeah. that just mm -hmm. ugh, that I hate having nightmares like that when you're trying to run from something and you can't. Yeah. Well one thing that really bothered me about that is that you could see where it was where it was scored for her to step into. Yeah, it looked and... like oatmeal. Oh, uh, there was a, yeah, there was another part like that that I was talking about before, where she jumped through the window or whatever and landed outside, and you could see like the uh, the I don't even the crash pad or whatever you call it in the bushes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It's it's very faint, but uh, but it's noticeable. Wow. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I'm gonna have to go back and watch this one more time. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the remake soon because I had no idea there was one, and I just got—I just uh, found it, acquired a copy of it. So, yeah, <laughs> I really want to watch that documentary, Never Sleep Again. I'm, I'm gonna try to watch that later today. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess we're gonna come up to the end of the show here, and uh, we're gonna go around the room and because uh, this movie actually has, uh, well, let's see, uh, I think it's a ninety ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. So wow. What out of ten? What would you give this movie? We'll start with Joey. In 2018. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would you rate this movie now? Uh, I'd say probably a six, six or a seven. But you can give it a caveat too, if you're just like, if you just want like a cheesy, a good cheesy horror movie. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely. Uh, I would definitely recommend everyone see it at least once if you haven't. I mean, if you haven't already, I don't know where the hell you've been, but, um, you know, I I would give it a six or a seven, but I would say definitely watch it at least once. Yeah. What about you, Wally? Uh, well, the uh, I think that I would give it. I want to say a seven and. 
You know, the only reason why I say a seven is is for a few because of the fact that it it did do a lot of things first. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are so many different iconic sequences. Uh, Freddy Krueger himself is such a an iconic character. The knived glove, the entire um, idea is top notch, uh, and there are really three different. Three separate things that people, uh, whenever you think of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, you think of the bed vomiting out the (laughs) remains of Johnny Depp. Uh, You you think of the tongue coming out of the phone. You think of the glove coming out of the uh, out of the bathtub really slowly while Nancy's taking her bath. I mean, it, it does have a lot of huge hugely iconic moments that i think everyone should see this movie at least once and yes in 2018 it is a little bit diminished because of the quality of the of the special effects but and and the quality of the acting by the mom but <laughs> it is a bit it is a bit of cinematic history it, it is it is legitimately a historic film i think and I think it's worth uh, taking a look at. So what about you, Derek? I'm going to agree with both Joey and Wally. And I'm going to give it a seven. You know, for the fact that that movie was made for really what's not a lot of money compared by, you know, today's standards. I mean, it was made for less than two million mm-hmm. for them to be able to do everything they did. And especially to stand out in a time because this came out in '84, and that was that was a time for a lot of iconic movies like Ghostbusters, like mm-hmm. Terminator, uh, Karate Kid. You know, a, a ton of very well-known movies, and for it to be able to stand out with those movies, and like Wally said, being able to do a lot of things first and having those iconic moments and if you can make someone who's not a horror fan like myself enjoy the movie, hmm. I think you've done something. And some of it, a lot of it still holds up, some of it doesn't, but you can say that about a lot of the movies that were made at that time. Yeah, and I, I think this definitely stands out as one of those, not only an iconic horror film, but an iconic 80s film as well. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's, is it as good as, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, not really, but (laughs) it's still, it's one of those eighties movies. You definitely need to see at least once. Um, and I would give this movie a seven as well. Like, I think there's a lot of it that holds up, but there's just an equal amount of stuff. That's kind of like groan inducing or eye rolling because of some of the bad acting. Some of the effects are not that great, but there's the spirit is there. But I'm going to bump it up to an 8 because without this movie, we literally would not have the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, we wouldn't have Ace Ventura or any of those movies like that. So thank you, Freddy, for uh, building. Shout out to Freddy. Yeah, shout out to Freddy for building, you know, the New Line Cinema. Um But I really don't have anything much else to say about it that other than if you've never seen it, at least... Give it a watch. I mean, I I actually um, rented it so that I could uh, watch it with subtitles because one of the things I know is this is a really quiet movie sometimes, and I'm deaf, so I have to have subtitles. So I had to rent. Well, it. I highly recommend if your TV has a headphone jack to to use utilize that. Yeah, and it's only like a dollar ninety nine to rent. So for two bucks, yeah. you know, watch it for Halloween this season. Or, yeah, hell, anytime. Just give it a watch. It's worth it. I think so. So I agree. Mr. Derek, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up this week before we get out of here? Um, no, I don't think so. Just uh just follow me on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond if you want to follow uh my solo podcast, the Derek Diamond Experience, which will be relaunching in January. It's at D Diamond Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to uh, stay up to date on my upcoming short film that I'll be shooting uh, in a couple of months. Just search for The Parker Syndrome on Facebook and Instagram. 
Awesome. So, Mr. Joey Image, thank you again for uh, for coming on the show this evening to talk a little bit about Mr. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you watch, making me watch this. It's brought back so many memories, man. Oh, you're welcome. Well, tell everybody where they can find you on the internets. Um, I am on Twitter at Joey Image, Instagram at Real Joey Image, um, Twitch.tv slash Joey Image, and my newest gig. You can find me every Monday night on morelikeradio.com on the as the new third mic for the Conti and Kenny show. Um, it's also on Facebook Live. I think it's Facebook or Facebook.com slash uh, the Conti and Kenny show, maybe, or just Conti. I don't know. Whatever the hell. Just look, <laughs> let's look it up. You'll find it. So, Wally, thank you for joining us tonight, uh, and thank you for uh, any corrections that you may have been able to do in real time that I may have missed, uh, messed up this evening. <laughs> no, we all saw the same movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you saying the whole movie was an error? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did correct some of those, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you can find me at the Real Big Wall on Facebook. Not Facebook. What? What am I, what am I saying? Don't friend me on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I am also requesting uh, to have everybody send me a list of their 100 favorite movies of all time uh, at the Real Big Wall at gmail.com. Reason for that is I'm going to start a new podcast where I am taking that those lists that I'm getting, I'm going to compile the 100 best movies of all time from all of those responses, because I'm listening to a podcast called unspooled right now where they're reviewing the AFI 100 movies. And you can tell that the list was compiled by mostly white straight dudes (laughs) Because <laughs> uh, it's just a bunch uh, old white straight dudes. Let me put it that way. Because it's mostly movies that were released in the seventies about a lone male protagonist that you know bucks the system. It just it it it, it becomes exhausting. So I am hoping that my list will be different from it. And so far it has been. So, well, you know, uh, it's funny. Uh, I wrote my list for you and I was thinking, I was like, man, it's going to be hard to come up with a list of a hundred movies that I like, you know, that I would put on a list of a hundred movies. I literally wrote that list in like seven minutes. Like as soon as I started <laughs> writing, I was like, Ooh, I like this movie. I like that movie. It was went really fast. Well, I think the hard part is putting it in order because I do request that you put it in the order that you like them uh, because that matters. Yeah. Also, I... That's why I haven't responded yet because <laughs> of the order thing. Yeah, well, same. I, I, I'm also giving everybody until January 1st of next year to do it. And you are also... I also recommend that you do not group a series of movies together uh, because the there are people who are not doing that. And by doing that, you're kind of handicapping those movies. So if you put, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but other people are putting, uh, you know, the return of the King or individually. Yeah. That counts more for each individual movie than it does for the entire series. So um, I, I highly would recommend against that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's been a lot of fun and it's been it, it, very interesting because there's a lot of movies that I didn't expect that would ever be mentioned in the same sentence as best that have been chosen. Um, I'm, I'm sure I have quite a few on mine that uh, you were probably like, why is this on here? <laughs> well, no, you honestly are Far were far easier to predict than any than most of the other ones that oh, I've so got. So you're saying I'm predictable, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm looking over, over your list right now, and it's like, yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but you know, I had people, and and I'll just give you a little insight into something like, like the, the there's there's a few movies that have like I'm doing a point system where it's one through one hundred points. And your number one is worth 100 points. Um, Somebody has (laughs) Grave of the Fireflies on here. What is that? 
I've never heard of that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So, so there are so, things like that where it's like, what the hell are you even talking about? But, is 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 part two of this project where you have to watch all the ones you've never heard of on well, everyone's no. list? The thing is, is it's going to be no. I'm just <laughs> focusing on these hundred movies because God no, because there's some twelve pages of movies so far. Okay, so apparently, and, uh, Grave of the Fireflies is an animated uh, anime from um, 1988 from Japan. Animated anime. Yeah. Oh, no, well, no wonder I never heard of it because I hate anime. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's... But, you know, somebody loves it and they put it on their list at number 100. So, wow. um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. What do you say, fellas? And enjoy our Halloween. Yes, yes, sir. Right, and let me play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfantastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Please go support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you can't throw us a buck a month or three bucks a month or whatever, then go leave us a review wherever you listen to the show because that helps us out a lot. So, Derek, tell them what it's all about. Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. Welcome to time, bitch. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.